0: next on Fatherhood Fridays, Season 2. Conflict resolution. Do we know how to resolve our problems? Men, do we know how to resolve our problems in a healthy way? Um, When conflict arises because we all deal with it, how do we go about it? Once again and time and time again, blowing in the wind, back at it again. It's your friend drinking fruit juice with no gin, feeling like an eight, nine, or a ten, still trying to overcome sin. Welcome back to Fatherhood Friday, season two. Man, it feels good to be back. It's only 30 days, but it feels like an eternity, especially when some of y'all are still tripping over Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Come on, let's get over that. Especially when some of y'all are still tripping is Kanye going to release his album. Is he doing it because he's really saved? Is he, is he's doing it for selfish ambition? Who cares? The gospel's still getting out some kind of way, no matter the intent. Was it wrong for the person? To say I forgive you after you done shot my brother for mistaken identity, thinking he's gonna break into your house but it's actually his house. So much to talk about with so little time. And so instead of, you know, harping and griping, we gonna drop jewels today. And how are we gonna drop jewels today? Conflict. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do we know how to resolve conflict, man? Do we know how to resolve conflict in a healthy way? All men deal with conflict, but it's how you resolve it. That's going to determine what's going to happen next. And so who better to talk about conflict than somebody that has been a restorative justice coordinator for three going on four years. And many of you probably like, what is that? It's not important. What it is, It's the tools within it. That's going to bless your life. And so, We're gonna be talking today about conflict resolution. Everybody deals with it, but how do we typically deal with it, man? We raise our voice, we yell, we get disrespectful. (laughs) For some of us, furniture start moving around. We ready to fight that guy or fight that woman or our kids. But what if I told you you can resolve conflict by just talking, by just communicating. A wise man told me when I was in Aurora, Colorado, that there is an art to communication. What? There is an art to how to talk to people. There is a science behind how talking to people. And I'm gonna leave y'all with a few nuggets on how to communicate to resolve conflict. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 18, Verses 15. It says, brothers and sisters, if that person has sinned against you, if that person has caused you a problem, if there is an odd, which means an issue, uh discrepancy, whatever word or whatever version you're reading, you need to go to that person and seek to resolve it between each other. I know I'm paraphrasing, but you catch the principle. But when we catch the principle, sometimes we don't have the how to, we don't have the how to on how to the step-by-step in this episode, I'm going to give you the step-by-step. Usually I'm kind of just giving topic here, topic there, but I'm going to give you the step-by-step on how to resolve conflict, how to resolve arguments, how to resolve things escalating. First thing, We're going to talk about, here's the first one, speaker-listener technique. Are you and your partner having a disagreement, or are you and the other person having a disagreement? If you can't speak peacefully, take a time out. You might say, man, my frustration, my anger's on a five. But if I keep talking, it's going to go to a seven. By a nine, I'm outraged, and I'm moving furniture around. When you at that five, it's better to say, hey... We got to, we got to set this up at a later time. I can't talk about this because if I continue to talk about this, it's just going to make me more and more escalated. So I got to take a time out. You got to know when to take a time out and pick up the issue when you're at a place of self-control. What is self-control? Let's say you're driving your car. It's easy to slow down a car when it's going 30 miles an hour versus when it's going 90 miles an hour. When it's going 90 miles an hour it takes more power to calm it down but when you go on 30 it's easy to get down to zero so sometimes you gotta set things up at a later time and then also with a speaker listener technique this is teaching you the art of communication what's it doing when that person speaks when you ask that person what happened or what's going on paraphrase back to them what they said because a lot of times when we're speaking it's getting interpreted another way this is what I said this is how I interpret it doesn't that feel like when you speak English and somebody comes back and speaks another language to you (laughs) clash? so if you paraphrase back so it sounds like example it sounds like you're trying to say this if I understand you correctly you're saying this blank 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 Do that because if they say yes, then you can move on. If they say no, ask them what happened again to get you to this point. But you gotta be in a good headspace. You gotta be in a place of calmness. You gotta be a place of de-escalation. Maybe you're not at a one yet, but you're at a four a three. Four or three is more manageable than a seven, eight, nine or 10. You can't talk to somebody when they're at a seven, eight or nine, 10. They gotta, it's pretty much like a balloon. You gotta let the air out. Once the air comes out, then you're able to deal in a more rational, logical way, instead of everything being heightened and is based on emotions. He said, she said, I know fellas, sometimes you just like happy wife, happy life. I don't even want to talk about, it. I'm going to just say, sorry, so I can get back in her good graces. But how do you even really know if you're back in her good graces? How do you really know? A lot of times women, you feel like you didn't win because you didn't, you didn't say an apology. I'm sorry. And you didn't kiss her on the cheek or you didn't, uh, bought her some roses or a pair of shoes and, or you didn't out shouted her and you felt like you won. I won. Cause I got her the shoes. I won. Cause, uh, I bought her some roses or I out argued her. It's still festering in that woman why because it's unresolved and so you go by and then you look up it's october 20, 2019 and she bringing up something from october 2016. you don't even remember what you did two weeks ago let alone october 2016. why because something you said triggered her all you said was man what you want to do tonight and she didn't went off the deep end maybe that's just my marriage maybe it's not but i'm giving an example so You got to know how to resolve things the right way and the healthy way, because the idea is to be in right relationship with that person to restore harm. And so I just dropped you one technique, the speaker listener technique, boy. Now we're going to go into another one. It's called restorative justice or restorative practices. For those of you that are not in education or criminal justice system or a nonprofit organization, you may not even have never heard this term. You might be looking like, what is this? Restorative practice is the idea of restoring harm to the community, restoring harm to the person that has done you wrong through building relationships, through empathy, through taking ownership. And they do this, or they should be doing this in the school system right now, if you're listening. If your child is still getting sent home, what is that teaching them? If they're still getting suspended because, oh, they snatched somebody's pencil, oh, or they're talking back to the teacher, what is that sending them? What is, What kind of message is that sending them? That's just sending them how to serve time. Because when they're at home, they're not learning. We're trying to teach them how to change your thinking, change your behavior, change your social emotional learning. And I know people in education, they probably clapping their hands or laughing right now, but this method goes across the board and it's been going on for a long time. And I know for those of you that are deep into it, y'all gonna be like, oh, it started in New Zealand or Argentina with the uh, Aztecs and the, the tribes and the, uh, tribunal community of people of third world country. Nah, man, if you go even falling back to that, you can see it in the Bible, the Bible. Yes. You could see it in the book of the gospel. Check out Matthew, Mark, Luke, or James. When Jesus was alive, that's all he was trying. To, one of the things he was trying to do without saying restorative practice is to restore harm through the community, through grace, through redemption through building empathy, through taking ownership. Sure. He didn't sit down in a circle and do some kumbaya talk it out, but he was trying to mediate between the two, what you deserve based on what uh, the law says, based on what the student handbook says, based on what your standards is. And now, what does grace say? What does empathy say? And so I'm gonna give you a prime example right now before I go into my four to 4.5 questions of what you can do in restorative practice or what, and how you can implement this in your marriage, on your job, um, with your kids, um, mm, 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 your buddies at church, you name it, the bar. If you're willing to do this, I promise you, everything is going to go to a whole nother level and i'm not saying that just because it sounds right i'm saying that because i'm actually trying to do that not just in the work field but in my own personal life and so when we look at um the books of the gospel matthew mark luke and john we look at john eight we see a woman that got caught up she got caught up in infidelity and according to that time, uh, the, the, the Jewish law and the law said that she should be stoned to death because of infidelity, because of sleeping around, um, or, 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 doing things that were against the law. And so they were about to stone her to death and Jesus comes along and he's right in the midst of it. And he looks at the people that are super critical and says, "Ye without sin, cast the first stone. And when he said that, guess what? Everybody dropped their rock. Why? Because they had, he had to allow them to examine their self from within. And that caused them either two things. I believe empathy or bitterness, empathy, because some of them had to look at, like, I guess I'm not perfect either. I guess I still mess up time to time even though i got these rules and these regulations i still mess up time and time or bitterness because they're sitting there thinking this person should get what they deserve but they can't get what they deserve because that means i would have to get what i deserve oh man i just dropped some, i just b- dropped a bombshell i wish i had the sound effect for it. and so what jesus was doing right there is that he was saying that i'm trying to Redeem. I'm trying to build empathy between me and this other person. So when everybody dropped their rock or their stone, he went back to the woman and she probably was shocked that this even happened. He said, now you that have been doing what you've been doing, don't do it anymore because I just got you off the hook. So that allowed her to take ownership. That allowed empathy between the people and her. And that allowed it to be restored when it, when it wasn't deserved. And that's what restorative practices is. And it's been going on before New Zealand, the type of people back in the 16th and 1700s or, uh, Argentina people back in the early ages, it's been going on for a long time. You just have to see it. It might not have the whole circle it might not have the four questions or five questions I'm about to ask but it's been going on. And that's what you want to do to resolve conflict. And I'm telling you, when you do it, it allows grace. It allows mercy. It it allows empathy, allows a whole bunch of things. I know I keep repeating, but let me digress so I can move on. First question you want to do. And this question bleeds into or intertwines with the speaker listener technique. What happened? If it's just two of you guys, what happened? when that person explains can't cross talk, you can't interrupt. You just got to listen is, is angry or frustrated. You may get, you just have to listen and say, okay, they're telling me what happened and they're telling me how this hurt them. Okay. That next question, after you ask what happened, what were you thinking at the time? This gives you an idea of when you ask, what were you thinking at the time? What was their motive or their intent? behind what they said or did. That opens up, it it opens up this whole scenario in 3D just by asking what were you thinking at the time? Third question, who has been impacted? And by this, how have they been impacted? Impact is not just dealing with the person that you're trying to have the conversation with. Impact deals with everyone around them let's say you got into an argument and this happened in front of a group of people, or this happened in front of your family, or this happened with your siblings or your kids saw it, who has been impacted by this and how have they been impacted? Maybe they're impacted. They're, they're now distant from you. They don't trust you. They're uncomfortable. They don't know how to show affection. Um, they're mad at you. This allows you to think, And this allows you to put yourself in the other person's shoes and that other person puts it in their shoes. And so these questions go both ways. This is for the offender and this is for the victim. Both sides need to be asking this question. And if they can't do it with each other, that's why a mediator needs to come in. Somebody that's neutral to the situation and can ask person A and person B or person A, B and C these questions. And so we're already down to the last question. The last question is, what ideas do you have to make things right? How can we restore this relationship? What social norms do we need to put in place? What activity do we need to do to make this right? Besides saying, hey, you're grounded. Besides saying, hey, I'm going to give you a whooping. Besides saying, hey, I'm going to hit you upside the head or I'm going to fight you. What can we do in place? Because really, when we get to how have they been impacted, a lot of times it unpacks so much more, or we get to the question, what ideas do you have to make it right? We get to so much more, because a lot of times when arguments happen, it's something, there's a root behind it. Something caused them to get upset. And a lot of times when I used to deal with kids, People used to tell you like, the reason why that caused me to get upset is because my mother died. And when you said something about my mother, it triggered me to go upset and and go off and hit you. Did the other person know that? Nope. They were just clowning on each other. They were just having a good time cracking on each other, having no idea that this person's mother passed away. And so how have they been impacted and what ideas do you have to make it right? Making it right could just mean be putting a contract. Making it right, it just means the do's and don'ts that you need to do around this person. I don't need to mention this person's mother when I'm around them. I don't need to be loud because this person uh, is impacted by me raising my voice or yelling or calling me out of my name. Some people, they may not be impacted by that, but it's not about what you might not be impacted by or affected by. It's what the other person is going to be affected by. And I'm trying, I'm trying to bring relationships back together, not just with kids and school systems, but I'm talking about marriages. I'm talking about a father and a daughter. I'm talking about a father and a son. I'm talking about uh, a, a guy in a church, church hurt. The list goes on and on. If you do these, I'm telling you, this will be a lot quicker than excommunicating a person from the church or saying you're grounded or, or whooping or spanking a child. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but those things should be a last result. Communication oftentimes unpacks so much and the healing can take place a lot quicker. And so I was, I went to a men's conference a couple of weeks ago, guys, and I'm wrapping up, went to a men's conference a couple of weeks ago, and this guy left a quote with me that will stick with my heart for a long time and said, I may not do everything right, but I'll never stop trying to make it right. And that's all I'm trying to say in conflict resolution. I may not do everything right, but I'll never stop trying to make it right between me and you. And that's what today's topic is about trying to make it right between me and you by talking and communicating. They are gonna come around eventually. They, they may tell you right now, I don't wanna talk, I don't wanna to talk to you. Too much damage is done. But there's gonna come a time that wanna talk. It's gonna come a time where you're gonna have an opportunity to say and ask these questions. And so as we wrap it up, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna cue in a sample of how it's done in my marriage and so let you know that this thing is real and sit back, relax, and listen and as we end do me a favor go to your Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts go to Breaker, Google Podcasts, CastBox there's like 8 of them, and subscribe and follow so you can get notifications to whatever technology you in when I'm dropping new episodes every Friday and so y'all be good. I'm going to catch y'all next week. Um, I'm trying to think, did I leave anything out? No, I didn't. So y'all enjoy this. And this has been another episode of Fatherhood Friday's season two. Peace. Mm-hmm. A very serious moment where I felt.